This is a podcast of the Chief Digital Officer panel discussion chaired by Mark Baker and hosted by James Minter of Hannington Team at the House of St Barnabas in Soho, London, January 2015. Hey guys, welcome uh, to this little roundhead discussion. I tried. My heart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, put something. Yeah, but we have some more. We have some more wine and some some food, I suppose. They don't shove it too. Um, <laughs> so, um, so should we just do a quick round of table, whoever it is, just so we've got it recorded, and then um, the, the idea of today is really to have a general discussion around um, the role of the and Dr. Mark here, you know, asking searching questions and provocative questions, um, and then it's just the. I might get the music turned off as well. Yeah. Um, sure. And it's come on to the recording. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, it's just general talk around the, the topic of CBA. Um, and Rhino here is, um, is a freelancer but does a lot of stuff for the FT, so um, can come up with some interesting stuff. I hope we'll get the article published. So I'm James Minter, I'm um, a e-commerce headhunter. I spent 10 years in the Navy, then I ran a club called Allen Street, Stop the Strand, which is a club of entrepreneurs. And, the world of tech, um, and uh, a lot of the stuff I do is around the CDA world, so this is just interesting for me, um, good subject matter. Rami, you're... Sorry, I am... Um, oh, sorry, I will introduce myself. I'm the yeah, freelance journalist. I write uh, quite a lot for the FT, um, quite a lot for the Telegraph as well. I once had a photo published in the Sun. <laughs> Obviously not on page 30. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was on page 39. Two days before my wedding, it was a, uh, it was a picture of my wife and another friend of ours standing either side of a six-foot stone salad. I'm Jim Davidson. I run my own company called Blitzby Group doing digital transformation consultancy. Um, having worked with companies like The Sun, New Zealand International, before it became News UK, and doing transformation for The Guardian, for Marks and Spencer's, and currently helping Drupal become much more um, digital and variable. Richard Postman, CEO of Feminist
But that raises a terrifying uh, prospect of listicles in the economist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the things you need to know about. Yeah, no, we're not going down there. <laughs> 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 I'm Jaya Deshmukh, I'm the director of this PwC Consulting, and I head digital transformation. My focus really is the financial services, but I have a keen interest in airports. So, airports? Yes, airports. Thank you. I'm Mark Baker. I'm uh, an interim uh, CTO and CDO, uh, recently uh, CTO of Perius, uh, your most recommendation technology company. Um, I'm also the author of the of Digital Transformation and the Digital and Chief Digital Officer's Handbook. Okay. Did you have a question? So, uh, when I sent out the invitation to people, I suggested that uh, this was a, a chance to review what you thought was going to happen in the field in the next year, what the, the digital transformation or in the role of the chief digital officer in the next 12 months. And so I thought that would be a good place perhaps to start. I don't know whether you're, you've come bursting with ideas about how, how that's going to go and what's going to happen. But, uh, well, maybe, maybe we can start with... Um, Talk about what the D in CEO actually means, and whether uh, digital or data will be the flavour of the month for 2015. The chief data officer <coughs> actually is another CEO title, which is basically gaining uh, quite a lot of ground and actually building momentum and velocity in itself. Uh, and I guess. Certainly in the sector that I'm in, not for services, as tech becomes really data hungry, I actually realise that the chief digital officer doesn't necessarily mean that you have the skills and the knowledge actually to put the data architecture and the data infrastructure in place. So I think that that, that CDO role in 2015, I think data is going to play a more bigger and bigger part of that. And some organisations are probably going to leapfrog chief digital officer role and go straight into the chief data officer role and put that alongside their CTO, CIO, CMO and try and create, I guess, a, a triumvirate of people that are using data, ad tech, marketing technology, and back end technology. So for me, the CTO role, uh, I think, is more relevant than ever before. But the, what the D stands for might be moved in 2015. Do you think they might be two different roles? The data I think I think they are two different um, roles. With different skill sets. With different skill sets. But I think what, what's interesting about that is that certainly in the sector that I'm in, that most CMOs actually are getting a lot more digitally literate. Yeah. And so the need for a chief digital officer Actually, we might be thinking, well, do you know what? Actually, what we need to get more of a handle on in short term is data. Because we can get up to speed on the aspect side and we can get up to speed on the I actually completely agree with that, to be honest. I think at the moment, the digital um, team, the CBO, is probably the only one that understands the value of data and how to commercialize and use it. Um, and for me, when I was with The Guardian, we said exactly the entire board on a day's course and how to learn program. Not one of them was ever programmed, but they certainly actually have an appreciation for it. And then Obama can spend an hour learning to write JavaScript like <laughs> at whatever level. The, the skill set is going to become a commodity. And the, the, for me, the, the, the CDO role then 
has the fundamental change. It's no longer this flat out of how do you code, how do you get value from it. It has to go much more into the business value that comes from it. And a lot of business value comes not from the CDO, but it's from the data itself. And I think the CDO is the one that's been the, the pinnacle of understanding that data. And then the real-time implications of it. Now, if you're in a newspaper, you can't change the newspaper every five minutes, but you can change the website every five minutes. So getting the value from that data is probably something that the CDO has traditionally been at the point of. So is there added value in having a data-aware CDO, Chief Digital Officer? Because people often ask, is a CDO necessary? Is it just another C-level role? And it almost sounded from Christian's uh, uh, ideas that when they ask that, you say, actually, no, you need two of them. You need two CDOs, two visual one and a... Uh, I think my role as a Chief Digital Officer has mostly been about connecting I guess uh, people in the business and connecting business problems with solutions and connecting innovation with market opportunities. So, you know, I'm I'm not trying to act. Uh, I'm trying to act through the business. And I'm trying to to push the business into the areas where I think there are values. I think that the the, <coughs> the truth is that having identified the need for us to have a data competency, uh, that as you move from strategy to execution, actually you need a different depth of knowledge around data. So I'm not arguing that you need a chief data officer, but I'm just saying that, that as the role matures, data is just going to become more and more and more important. And it's not just about having data, it's about having it in the right format, it's about having it in real time, it's about having the right data partnerships and everything else. And that's a very, very specialised. So the CDO, I think, is actually a very, is a generalist role with specialist knowledge. Whereas I think on the data side, it's much, much more specialist. Uh, and, and certainly, even in the meetings I've had today, my knowledge runs up pretty quickly uh, when it comes to knowing, for example, the data management platform, vendor landscape, right? So turn X plus Y media map. But so, so it gets very specialist very quickly, and I think. It's I think it's a lot to expect to digital officer to know that entire landscape. I, I think you're right. I think it's such a lot I think too many data people um, present you with so much data that comes over. So in the Guardian, I had still a, a dashboard, and, and it's it, it kind of publicly kind of pronounced it. I think you actually download the source code if you're interested. But essentially, the, the dashboard was real time. It gave me a graph of three things, and it gave me a list of the top ten articles that we were running. The graph of three things was simply, what is the traffic to the website? How many users are reading the, the site now? And it gave me a kind of day's view. Um, it gave me what yesterday was, and it gave me what last week was. And from that, it, it didn't tell me anything other than we're following the trend we always have. But the beauty of it was, if anything went wrong, if anything happened, if there was a spike in it because we published a brilliant article, or if there was a problem with any technology, it didn't tell me where any of that stuff was, it just told me there was a problem. And that's when you then go and find out. You can't have a dashboard that's going to tell you everything at any second of the day. It's just enough information to be able to manage it and then go, hang on guys, there's something not quite right here, or oh look, we've just done something really well, a traffic trouble. I think what you're saying, if I understand you right, is the fact that it's not really about data, it's about its application and insight. It's how you use it, yes, absolutely. So uh, if, if we were to take that further, then possibly you could say that we really don't need a CDO, whether it's data or digital. 
and in 2015 or 16 you need a business strategy for the digital age or a business owner who understands I'm, I'm not I'm not, I'm not sure because I think what you need is, is someone who and it doesn't need to be a CEO either data or digital if yeah. you've got a CEO who okay. understands this and yeah. gets it I don't think a strategy is going to help you in today's world I think what is going to help you is people who understand what information is available and how you can use it Insight. Yeah, so I think I think a lot of the issues that a lot of companies have is they spend six months writing a strategy, they spend two years implementing it, and then they think they're done. That's it, you success. Right. And I think yeah. the reality is that we're way more into, and I'm having this argument with them, they're running programs and projects with an end date, and for digital there is no end date. Yeah, it I just agree. keeps on going, and tomorrow will change it, and the day after will change it, and the day after that will change it, and it's that insight and understanding. And it's almost an acceptance of, you know what, I haven't got the answer. Right. But I know where to find the answer, and the fact the answer is all within my customers. And my customers will tell me the answer. So what you're saying, again, if I understand it right, is to say that there is, you know, the, this, this old SDLC method, or to say this is my plan, do, review, or strategy, and then implement, and then see what happens. That's all dead. Perhaps the future is about uh, you know, digital assets, I, yeah. which are, you know, I hate the word pivot, but yeah. you actually constantly pivot? Yeah, that's why I think we have two CDOs. Um, so I'm the, the chief digital officer, and in my group there is a chief data officer. But if, if we divorce the two, I don't know how we would make decisions. Because <laughs> we, we rely on his data to help the other side of my group, which is product development, decide what products and features they should develop. And therefore we pivot and persevere based on, uh, on, on the data and the insights and the analytics. But even with data, just to have a chief data officer, it's hard to, to find a single person. Could you get data and data marks and historic data and what the company wants to look at? Then you get sort of real-time data for us. It's page we use, unique visitors, um, whether they sort of go off on, on our website. Um, and those are real-time decisions. We, you know, we want to we want to personalize our stories, but we can tell our editorial community these are the trends that people are really reading at the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the journalist, even though we never put the name of the journalist inside the economist, but this is the journalist that seems to attract you know, the largest community. But I think you need both, and I don't think you can divorce the two. I, 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 I'm not sure you need both. I think you need both functions. But for me, if you're running product and product teams, you need the data capability within that product team to understand what that product is doing, because that product may be entirely different to another product. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, the, the, going back to the strategy question, I think, for me personally, I may be interpreting it wrong, but for me personally, a strategy generally is quite, um, it looks at not just where the opportunity is, but how you can realize that opportunity. Yeah. And I think strategy going forward, I would probably change the name because strategy has that, that view, and strategy isn't going to be strategy involved, it is um, direction of travel. We want to get there, we've got no idea that we're getting there, and direction of travel is going to be key for any CEO or any board to get what we're trying to achieve, but don't try to predict how you're going to get there because it will change fundamentally. And by predicting how you're going to get there, you're setting up a team to deliver a set of predefined objectives it's probably going to be wrong, probably not going to achieve what you want, but you set the direction of travel, and with the really intelligent guys on the cold base actually understand that, 
they will be in their way quicker and better and way deeper. We, we call it, what you're describing is what we call the world being in beta. Sorry? The world being in beta. Hmm. So what we say is, um, and since, since I go out to clients and talk about this and try and execute rather than give a strategy for whatever you're saying rings true to me. Yeah. Because when, uh, I, I don't like, you know, there's a strategy and then two years of implementation. I've done that in my previous avatar. And by the time you finish the implementation, the world has changed and so you get no ROI. So what for me, if the learning was that I've got to do this very quickly. And so strategy is really strategy through execution rather than, you know, strategy to execution. So yes. that's that change. And, um, and the fundamental realization that the world is in beta and so what I know as true today may not be the truth tomorrow. And so coming back to what mm -hmm. you were saying, which I find very, very interesting is if there is someone who owns the data and there's someone who owns the, I can't call it a channel, I don't know what to call digital, but then how do you marry the two together so that you, you can understand and that you can do your different roles? I mean, I mean on the strategy aspect, I, still, I don't think you can work without any strategy. So to say the world is going to change, which I agree. Okay. But that's a, that's a direction to the world is going to change. So therefore you have a strategy that says the world's going to change constantly. What do we do about it? Then you go back and go, okay, the world's going to change constantly. The systems that we currently have now um, aren't probably going to be fit for purpose in three, four, five years' time. So therefore, we need a strategy to tell us that we need to integrate new systems very quickly. Um, and it's, I still think it's a strategy. It's, yeah, I don't think you can sort of say there is no strategy and we'll get somewhere, but we don't know where the somewhere is. I think you will pivot and persevere as your environmental conditions change, either externally or internally. Um, um, so we're building it. We've got a strategy, and our strategy is okay. that the world is going to change. So we're saying, okay, the world's going to change, that means the current CRM systems or the current um, e-commerce systems, we know they're not going to be fit for purpose. So why don't we build a strategy that says, we'll pick the best as of now, okay. and we'll build a strategy that means that if we have to unplug these, we can unplug these very easily and very efficiently and plug new things in. So our strategy is um, just to um, expect the unexpected and therefore just build something that you're agile enough Mm -hmm. and to change, but I think with the data aspect of it, um, how we marry the data is, and when we look at data on a weekly basis, and we'll go, okay, how many, you know, you know how many you know, customers or potential customers came onto our site, and we use cookies to say where did they come from, and mm -hmm. um, why do they seem to mainly come from Facebook, why aren't they coming from Twitter, what, what are we doing right in Facebook that we're not doing right in Twitter? Mm -hmm. And then somebody has a hunch, because uh, we've got the data, somebody goes, well, I think it's maybe the way we do our marketing campaign on Facebook is slightly different than the way we're doing it on Twitter. We're going, yeah, that's a good hunch. Uh, let's just change the marketing campaign on Twitter. Then we'll look at the data again and go, okay, was the hunch right or wrong? And then we'll change it again. And I think it's this measure, build, learn, measure, build, learn. In short, in short, very short cycle. Yeah. And then the other thing, then you start looking at it going, okay, so data is part of digital. Mm -hmm. So we should be building teams that have data inside of it. I think in traditional organizations, you have a data team, a product team, um, some CIO, CTO right. team. And then they pass documentation or emails past each other. And then after about three months, they decide to do a project. Right. 
and then after about six months they implement the project and then they find out they've actually implemented the wrong thing, then they have lessons learned and then they start all over again. So I think part of, if you're going to be truly digital, is to look at your organizational model. Is actually, because what people are doing is trying to be digital but still constrained in an old organizational model that isn't fit for purpose but in a digital world. And where we see the buzz feeds in the course, if you walked in as opposed to, to us at the moment, we're going to be changing it on Guardian. Um, they don't separate church and state in terms of editorial and, and digital. They just say we're just one team and, and our objectives, our KPIs are around the customer and customer engagement. And um, So they have very different KPIs, whereas if you, if you set your organization up, marketing will have KPIs A, Advertising KPIB, technology Cs, and it just continues. And then the organisation, to actually to your point on, on strategy, don't share the same KPIs, yeah. and then they're, therefore they're, they're headed in multiple directions, and you get the sort of internal politics. The best example I have of that is DevOps. Mm-hmm. When you think about why DevOps was created, and it is brilliant, because what you have is a bunch of business people saying, I want to change my business to direct us and make us grow and make us expand and stuff. And then you have a bunch of IT people who are bonus, who are absolutely tasked with reducing risk. And to reduce risk, you reduce change in your life state. And therefore, they're saying, no change, no change, no change. And the business is saying, I need to change to grow. And it's fundamental a loggerhead. And it's just, it is the best example of that, of, of okay. wrong KPIs, wrong, wrong metrics for people's bonuses to achieve what the government the company's trying to achieve. It's often a question of shouldn't the CTO or the CIO be doing the job that we're putting on the CDO? Isn't that a classic example of why that isn't the case? Hmm. The CIO and the CTO have, have to create stability. That, that's their mandate. And, that's a, and the CDO is essentially transformational. And, uh, yeah, and I was thinking to the guys earlier on and before we started that for me that the whole kind of CIO and CTO is... Um, is wrong in so many ways, um, purely because for me, IT, classic IT, networks, infrastructure, computers on their telephones, that is a cost to the company that you can't transfer onto your clients. Therefore, that is a cost center. CBO, digital marketing, and all digital stuff, is something that should be adding value and growing, and therefore that should be a profit center. And having a CIO at the top of both of those things both of those organization structures just fundamentally doesn't work. It can work, don't get me wrong, but you have to have an organization structure that allows it. And it just didn't. Traditional CIOs don't come with a mindset of what is marketing, what is it? They're getting there, but you're much better to have a marketer or CEO in that role to drive your business. But do you honestly believe, and this is a genuine question, that the, the di- digital sits under the IT, I mean, the CIO, CTO? No, absolutely not. Fundamentally not. I think that in, in, in every organisation you've got, uh, you know, I used to run the agency's marketing business in Europe, on the agency side, right, and you, you, you had two groups of stakeholders, or three groups of stakeholders, you know, you've got the executive function, and then you've got the line of business right, managers that have requirements, and then you have IT that meet those requirements, and the... I guess that the, the whole point of the CEO role is, is that the CEO is trying to uh, stimulate, both stimulate and interpret requirement, new requirements 
right, and then translate that into yeah. uh, technology, infrastructure, data breaks, whatever it is. So it's absolutely imperative that TBA is, uh, is, is, is working with the line of business managers in terms of helping the organisations change in ways. Absolutely imperative. And it's absolutely imperative that the CDO is able to translate that, those strategic imperatives and able to translate those requirements into something that IT can understand, or, or however, however that, that, that happens. So the, the interesting thing, I guess, uh, for, for, for me in my role and, and what I do is that more often than not, um, it's not IT coming and saying we need collaboration software or we need this or we need that or we need the other. And it's me saying, have we done a business case for Google Apps versus Microsoft because we have multinational teams that need to collaborate. And so the, the, the global CEO is never going to go and have a conversation with the technical director about yeah. collaboration software. It's no. never going to happen. And about how that software can empower things to be more innovative, can empower us to deliver better solutions to our clients, can help us save money right, in the way we operate. And so I think that that's the interesting thing about the CEO. You have to have a foot in both camps. But at the end of the day, you are there to help the business to grow, and you are not there to represent. Um, in the for, for the majority of things that that I have to do for a client, in the time that it takes for somebody to write the email, I have pour over every paragraph and choose who they send it to. I could have just done the whole project. Yeah. I'm not saying it would have been perfect. I could have emailed you a proof of concept, a design, prototype, some code. Uh, I might have even had time to upload a picture of a chihuahua wearing a Mexican hat, my Instagram. Maybe you can do that. I mean, it's, 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 it's insane. It's absolutely insane. The whole the, the business process uh, in the majority of large companies is, is, is the process of not delivering anything. It's the process of Let's have a meeting about. So, I mean, we have it in our place. I'm not saying that we're. You know, you, you, you see, any time I see more than three people in a meeting, I know we're losing money. See, you're not really just. You just don't need more than three people to make a decision and build something. Do you not think that's a cultural thing? Though? I'm not going to make. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to make a decision because I might be wrong and I'm going to get a road for it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, right, myself, and we've all made a decision, and if it's wrong, we're all going to Actually, I think it's, 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 I, I, I make mistakes every day in life, and I love making mistakes. I, I think it's um, I think it's a failure of adaption, because the truth is that, that to make a beautiful press ad, right, for like, BMW, well, that requires people to sit in a room and talk about the retouching and talk about this and blah and media plan and everything else. For me to have a conversation with a customer about BMW now, it doesn't require any of those things. Actually what it probably requires is somebody to uh, sit down and work with an advertising platform, write a number of different headlines, right? Look at stock live, right? Let's get a post out on Facebook. Let's see what people respond to. Let's work out actually you know what? Let's spend this week just learning what people want to talk about and understand. Right? And then we'll get in the room and we'll say, do you know what? For whatever reason, all about electric cars, it's Kyoto, this, that, and the other. So we're going to make an ad about the i30, blah, blah, blah. Right? And guess what? We've got one in the bottom drawer, we've changed it, and we're done. Right? And it's finished. But the problem is that when you sell time for money, 
it's very, very difficult to get your head around doing things in half the time or a quarter of the time or anything else, first thing. The second thing is that uh, I guess what I observe in most large companies is people think their job is to move things around the company. Right? And, and the interesting thing about uh, being a CEO, the interesting thing about digital is I see my job as putting things live, getting things in the marketplace. So I don't see my job as making it someone else's responsibility. So, uh, you know, that permeates my everyday life. I've got to sell my house. I'm going to write the details myself. It will take me less time than doing a program with the estate agent. And I'll just sit down and write it. I'll have a strong coffee. Uh, the same with the website for the company I'm just about to start. I will just sit down and write it. I will send it off to India or Serbia and I will have it made and it's done. Mm. And that's it. And then I'll work out whether it's any good or not. <laughs> it's funny. I think it's <laughs> Every article that we the um, publisher at the moment has 12 titles. And yeah. within, within 30 minutes, yeah. they've decided which one works and they delete a little bit. And that's what they do. The AB test everything, or MBT yeah. test in this case, but it's the title. And then they can absolutely tell which one's going to have the most traffic and they just disregard the others. That's and that's that real time just. The, the, the best title must necessarily get the, get, get the best conversions at the end. Well, if you get people in, it doesn't necessarily get them back out and into other articles and reading more. But, but they're learning. I think the thing, the, the thing with that is they're learning faster. We do loads of that, and, and we do ask them either, you know, two percent will give you this, yeah. two percent will give you this, and then we'll just use that for learning. But on that CIO CDO, I think the essential difference I look at it, we have a CIO. The CIO is really focused inside the organisation. And when I look at my CDO role, I'm also the champion of the customer. So sometimes I'll ring up customer service and say, hey, I forgot my password. And then I'll just watch how long it takes for them to reset my password. Yeah. Um, or I'll log on to our website and I'll go back to my product team and go, that's terrible. You know, I just had this email, you know, password for this, I'm, I was in India and it's slowing in here, four customers are paying this much money. Something that all C-level executives should be doing anyway, actually using the There's a really good example. I remember which um, car firm it was, but this is going back 20 years. One of the, the, the Japanese car firms was really struggling, and they got a new um, CEO, and I think it was from Renault or something like that. And the first thing he did was he went around the board and said, what do you drive, what do you drive, what do you drive, and it's BMW, and And it's like, who actually drives your product? <laughs> if your product isn't good enough for you guys, <laughs> then we're building the wrong product. And they weren't eating their own dog food, as the, the kind of saying goes. But yeah, you've got to. If the product isn't good enough for you, why are you making it? Because yeah. it's not good enough for you. I think the trick with, with digital is that people think it's all about apps and websites, but it's about the, the whole experience. Yeah. I mean, why people are advocates, I find, of Amazon, it's their whole experience yeah. from, you know, finding the book to ordering the book to knowing it's going to get delivered the next day. And it's that whole ecosystem that they've built inside of their organization. And I think uh, the trouble with carving systems up between a CIO and a CDO is dangerous because I wouldn't want my CRM system sitting with the CIO because um, it touches my customer. I wouldn't want my subscription system sitting with the, the CRO that touches my customer. So anything that touches the customer, I want to have, you know, if not ownership of it, I want to have a big say in it. Um, um, because I want the whole seamless experience from the customer to be Amazon-like. You know, so the, the other part of that I love, and it's again, it's a kind of lean thing, is the power of yeah. um, 
uh, Marks and Spencer's, one of Marks and Spencer's problems is it has way too much money. Um, in three years, I think, they spent $650 million in IT projects, and it's insane, um, because they didn't have to prioritize it to do everything. Mm-hmm. Whereas, within that scenario, having a CIO touching your CRM system, you've got a different set of priorities than the one you have. Yeah. He's probably got the CEO saying, take 20% off your IT yeah. because you're too expensive. Yeah. Which means your CRM system is, is suffering, mm-hmm. whereas you know if you spend half a million on it, you can make the company find the survive. Yeah. His priorities are different, and therefore you shouldn't have control over it. Yeah. You might give you the developers to make it work, but you should be controlling that prioritization. So, are you saying that, uh, because we were talking about the physical role, so you always add value, you always to go live, you always own the customer experience. So, really, um, if we were to say that we were to go out and talk to communities, we should really be saying that these are the three main things that as a chief digital officer we own. And do you think that we get a buy-in from the rest of the organization or a lot of pushback? I'm, I'm going to be very selfish and I, I, I'm going to say that I'm right and everyone else is wrong, but I'll, I'll qualify that. I think the rule is that I value, but then I qualify what value means. But lots of people think value is getting a customer to buy your product. And in my world, it's not. That's obviously really important. But equally value is understanding why your customer didn't. Because if you can if you can iterate really quickly, then you can figure out why they didn't and you can fix that and then next time around they will, along with the other ten thousand people who made that same choice not to buy your product. So for me adding value is the key, but value is, is a, a spe- very is a very defined word. I think there's a fourth element to it is to disrupt. Um, because you know somebody's going to disrupt you, so you might as well just disrupt the organization internally. Um, so I'm not everybody's favorite friend in the organization because I usually don't come. You know, look at that, it's just terrible. Look at that, it's just terrible. I've seen the way our competitor does it. Look how cool they are. Um, and I think that that sort of constant disruption creating an organization that disrupts itself um, actually helps. You know, what happens is a lot of organizations and in the digital world, it's, it's difficult because people expect B2B, B2C to be the same experience because they're using Google, they're using Amazon. So you want to create an organi- internal organization that isn't sat in the store going, you deliver that CRM, let's pat ourselves on the back. You know, you want to sort of say, can we deliver that CRM? There's so much more we could be doing right now with that. So our experience could be so much better. Um, um, so I think that, that sort of I'm trying to create an internal disruption, not sort of saying you know everything's bad, but just saying that we do these things really well, but we could do them even better. And it's that sort of constant, agile feature development, I love the improving, idea. improving the little scum works teams. Yeah, just call me. Well, hack us on. Yeah, yeah. 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 The guy yeah. we did a hack, a hack day which lasted two days. Every quarter we did a whole week every year. Yeah. Um, but the, going back to disruption, I, I think disruption is a, a, a brilliant word and it is just fundamentally used incorrectly. You look at companies and you've got, I've got constantly CEOs saying, I want to be disruptive. I can make you disruptive tomorrow and your business will fold next week. Yeah. Disruption for me is not disruption. Disruption is focus on your customer. What you will find is all your competitors are focusing on making money. By focusing on your customer, you will disrupt your competition you will be way more successful, and by doing that, you will disrupt everything. Whereas if you focus on disruption, you're focusing yeah, on the wrong thing. thing. Disruption is a, a, a byproduct of focusing yeah, on the customer, not a thing in itself. 
for me, for me, I think you know, my personal opinion that when you look at digital, uh, for me, it is about that I deliver future relevance. So I'm always, I will always ensure if I do my job well, then I'm keeping this organization relevant for the future. So uh, today, so that's. That's for me the definition of what I do. That's a huge job because it's a huge job. That's not going to the brand perception, so you're into brand marketing. Yeah. That's not going to the propositions that you're raising. That can go across everywhere. But that's you why I feel, I, you know, the reason I feel this is because I don't believe that digital stands in isolation. No, not and, at all. and it touches everything. And and I know, I, I know you kill me for this, and apologizing before I start. But I really believe that because this, it, if if digitally I'm not fit and I'm not there ready for the future, I'm not saying that I'm, I'm completely there. But if we're not, if my organizations or the clients I serve, I don't get them ready to be there two years from now, today, I'm never going to be there. Can I ask you if, if that's your kind of definition of CDO yeah. and the role that it takes? What's the role of the CEO? Because uh, that seems to be, uh, that for me would be the... Sorry. No, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's market capitalization yes. value, it's talking to the, you know, yeah, the the shareholders. Yeah. I protect share, I mean, as a CEO, I think you protect shareholder value and uh, in that sense, customer value. But a CDO is, because digital is, you know, it's, I will make you future ready today. And that's the promise I like to go and talk about. Digital, digital, digital. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so the CDO role is a perpetual role, yes. but, but it's always relevant, always new relevant yes. due to new change, changes in the market. Yes. Yes. Because so, it's, it's, so it's not a transitionary role that yeah. takes us from a pre-digital era yeah. to a digital era. Yeah. It's something that but, it might be, but it might be transitional for the people that do it. Only if you've got a set skill set that relates to a particular era. Because I think that, the, the, you know, there is a, a question, which is, do you want to be a perpetual CEO? So that's a question around uh, transformation. And it's a question around transformation pro projects. Now, uh, you can do transformation as a CEO, but you can, in order to, uh, I guess, uh, make the projects different each time, you can go to a different category or a different sector. So you can do CEO, like publishing. So I mean, there is definitely a career path there, but ultimately, uh, when we talk about CEO, that ultimately, I don't know. Surely it has to be the CEO that owns, uh, that, that, that increasingly over time owns more of this um, kind of transformation. Well, what, what does the CEO do yeah. then? I mean, for me, you, you, you're kind of um, the CEO is making sure the stock market happening and all that. That's for me the, the CFO. If the CFO isn't actually talking to the stock market every week, telling them what's coming, giving them the heads up, making sure that they're predicting correctly, then the share price is probably on it. So that managing the, the, the stakeholder of the market is a CFO role. I agree. So if the specialist, I, I mean, again, I'm not... Uh, I don't know whether this is right, this is what I feel. The CEO is the overall boss. Okay. Yeah. Right? So he needs specialists. And the specialist who delivers market capitalization, value, blah, blah, on a daily basis is the CFO. Uh, but who looks at the future? 
I mean, customer, I'm assuming is the chief customer officer, and I've got that, but it's the chief marketing officer, really, who does the customer, but who delivers the future? Traditionally, though, um, the, the future kind of future innovation, future product development, all that's part of marketing. That would classically be a marketing function. But, that's, but we are no longer classical, are we? I mean, I'm, again, you know, don't beat me up on this, but... No, no. You know, if, if I'm not that violent, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, you're right, Eric. It, it, it's sort of stuck between two, stuck between two things because actually the execution of it is about corporate strategy. Obviously. So it's about acquisitions. It's about strategic decision making, shutting things down, making things up, investment. Uh, so, so I think that um, proposition development, uh, in its broader sense. Actually, it has to be a boring activity. Can't it? Can't new product development absolutely, but but corporate strategy is, is a boring uh, is, is a boring strategy. And I think that um, what's interesting is that that I think that that new propositions and acquisitions are an important route to growth in I guess in in mature markets. So actually, to some degree, one of the best routes to growth is probably. Uh, through through building new companies or through joint ventures or through acquisition or, or whatever it might be. So I think that the the whatever whichever way you look at it, the, the relationship between the CEO and the CEO is incredibly important. Because the CEO and the CEO have to share have a shared vision. They have to, I guess, um, uh, be on the same page. In terms of where investment is going and everything else, and so um, the, the, those relationships, the CEO, the connector, in the boardroom, as an, and an influencer for the CEO and the CFO, is, is hugely important. Do you think that goes across the whole C-suite? Yeah, ultimately, for me, the marketing function is understanding and finding a need in the marketplace, finding the target audience for that need, finding how you can develop your product or a new product to meet that need. Making sure there's, there's commercial value in that, and therefore they need to be really well connected to the CEO. The digital has to be a key channel to delivering that connection to the user, and more and more, and I think with the, the, the grey line comes, a lot of the product itself is digital in its yeah. own right, yeah. and that's where it starts to get a bit yeah. muddy. Yeah. Um, I was thinking more in terms of transformation. Okay. So, so I think, that, yeah, absolutely. The, it's not really be a business as usual, is it? But, but I think in the transformation context, I think that, that setting that agenda, I think, requires a, a, a good relationship with the CEO and requires a good relationship with the rest of the board. Yeah. I mean, it goes yeah, it also there. depends on where the CEO reports. I don't know how, I haven't done any market analysis on do most CEOs report into the CEO or if they're reporting into the CIO, back to our previous, yeah. or, or the chief customer officer. Uh, then it almost tells you about that organisation that they don't yeah. really feel that digital is that important. That Although they need somebody who represents digital, yeah. whatever that may be. Um, they don't actually, they just think it's just something they just need to take care of. Um, it's a channel. Yeah, it's a channel, channel and they'll leave them there and they'll do digital yeah. stuff and yeah. build apps or whatever they'll do. I spoke to a huge, huge group globally. If I told you the name, you know better, I would tell you the name. I spoke to the entire team of the one They wanted to go digital, they were really keen, the board had said they had to go digital, so I went in and spoke to them, and I literally walked away, they were really upset that I walked away. Um, but they were kind of, how do we become digital, what do we need to do? 
and break it. So you can prepare the Gantt chart for how we become digital. And it's like, if that's your mentality, seriously come back to me in two years' time because you're just going to fail miserably three or four times, then for me we can have a proper conversation. You're not going to become digital by preparing a Gantt chart that says, I'm going to think about things, I'm going to be innovative, I'm going to become digital. It just doesn't work that way. And it's like, oh, and to your point, you can tell an organisation very quickly whether they've got enough to know that they're getting there or not. So you can tell just by looking at their digital status. Yes. Very often, yes. yes. What you can tell from that is whether there's a, a genuine appetite to change mm-hmm. the digital yeah. And actually, you can't tell how far into a transformation program it is. In the world of research, in Christmas sales, the very clear binary divide between companies that get it, John this partnership, um, and companies that say, we're not doing digital, for instance. I don't want to see weird examples where that doesn't work, like Primark, but the vast mistakes of the is a fine mix. Oh, what's, what's interesting, and I, I, don't, I don't know the details of it, is I, that, you know, I think that, that Ocado is an interesting proposition. Yeah. Right? So I, I'm going to get my operations in the Ocado, but the, 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 I guess that by doing a deal with Ocado, what you're saying is, is that, oh, I don't think home delivery food is really a pocket that, you know, I mean, like, it's not really worth investing, is it? We just outsource that to somebody else. And, yeah. uh, we've got Wade Trade and Morrison's. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's bizarre, isn't it? That there's a sort of, uh, that that experience at the point of need for a large proportion of your customers is then outsourced to somebody else. A lot of, a lot of companies do that. I used to work with them. Selfish. 90% of some of Selfish's customers come from um, international. It was literally two years ago that they created the function to deliver international. It's like really that doesn't that doesn't kind of equate to you as being a, a bit of a gap in your market. <laughs> yeah, ninety percent of the customers are international, but we can't deliver to you. Really? Yeah, and it is. It, 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 I have no idea what was through the board. I, I, think, yeah, that point, I think I think we found is a particular case where uh, the, the, I think that the install experience is absolutely ingrained. It's just yeah. so ingrained in think everyone that's come through the business. Uh, that the, the, the notion that the install uh, might not be the only truth. Yeah, it's kind of the